and welcome back everybody to episode five of the Bucks UK TV podcast. This week we are talking rivalries, division rivalries, NFL rivalries, probably even sibling rivalries. Whoever you hate the most, this is where we're going to vent about it this week. Um, and we have a new uh, presenter with us this week, but first of all, returning, Alex. Hi everybody. And uh, El Capitan Phil. Hi everybody. And the new face this week, Graham, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, yeah, my name's Graham Reid, uh, currently residing in Edinburgh. I've uh, been a, a Buccaneer fan since 1986. I'm one of the old brigade along with Phil. Um, first visited family out in Tampa in, in, in 1986 and, and basically cottoned on from there. Uh, first game, uh, 1992, I saw them playing, beating, hammering the Green Bay Packers 31-3. Um, First three games were wins, and I haven't seen us win a game since. So maybe I'm a bit of a hex now, but uh, there you go. I joined the Bucks UK back about probably about 93, 94, thereabouts. Um, I think there were only maybe about 20 or 30 folk in the club about around that time. And it, it's been fantastic to see it develop and grow over the years. Um, the culminating, I guess, in the, the visits to, to the UK and the uh, fantastic experience that we've had with uh, meeting the players, former players, all the cheerleaders and, and all the great involvement we've had actually with the club themselves and, and, and the players. So it's been, a, it's been a fantastic experience over the years to be a member of the club and, and long may it continue. I must admit I've made some, uh, some lifelong fl- friends out of it and uh, enjoyed it. And for those of us watching stateside and wondering where the subtitles are, a bit like last week when we had Tim Lewis. Uh, that, uh, that's me trying friend... to speak slowly. That's me speaking slowly, I can assure you. Our good friend Graham is from, from North England, or as he called it, Scotland. <laughs> so anyway, let's get on with the show. Um, last week, uh, the Cayman Islands branch, it gets even further away than Scotland. Uh, Renzo from Cayman, he posed us all a question. Um, he said, uh, who do we think is going to have the most TDs this season for the Bucks? And is Tom Brady going to reach 4,000, 5,000 yards? We're not quite sure. Um, so we asked our members what their views were. So Alex, uh, what do you think to answer to Renzo's questions then? Well, I think uh, in terms of who's going to lead the Bucks in TDs this season, I think it's probably between three players for me, and that's, if you argue, you could say it's the, the obvious three, Gronk, uh, Evans, and Goldwing. Um, I think if I had to choose one of the three, I'm going to go for the man who I've got on my jersey, my favourite player uh, with us at the minute, and I think Mike Evans is, is going to be leading the team with the touchdowns come, come the end. That's a good um, call. Graham, what do you think about touchdowns? Yeah, I'm a big Mike Evans fan too, I must admit. Um, Brady, Brady, Brady and Evans could go one of two ways. Um, sometimes new quarterback finds a, a new guy to, to link up with, becomes his go-to guy, probably like he did with Edelman at, at New England. But uh, I think he could take Mike Evans to a new level. I think this could be a real breakout year for a guy who's already at top level. Phil, are you going to break the Evans trend or are you in the fan club too? No, 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 no. I, I'm going to go with Godwin. I, I, I just think this player has matured uh, year in, year out. He's got better and better and better. And can you imagine if you're a defensive coordinator for your opposition and I want you to mark Gronk and Evans, uh, Godwin. Oh, they've got that guy, Howard, as well. Yeah. So basically, all this is going to come at you. And I think this is one of the reasons why you're going to find that Godwin is going to rise to the top. I really do. You know, there's a really interesting professional dynamic I can see through the press and on Twitter between Godwin and Evans. They're really very respectful of each other, given that you know, they are both number one receivers by any yes. measure. Mm. 
yeah. think uh, the point that Phil makes there is, is really interesting because ultimately, uh, you know, some of our players are going to be put in double coverage by by the defense. So you're going to have someone left open. Is that going to be Evans and Gronk who's put in double coverage with Godwin left open? Is it going to be Godwin and um, Evans with Gronk left open? It's going to be depending, I think, on who's left left in ma- uh, single coverage. Who's going to get those most of those touchdowns? I think. And, and if you're looking for a quarterback that can pick that up, you're looking for Tom Brady, aren't you? Absolutely. And that was the second part of Renzo's question then. I mean, that poor guy is going to be icing his shoulder every week with those guys. How how many yards is he going to rack up, do you reckon, Graham? Um, Well, looking back, I think last year he had about 4,000 for New England. Um, I'm thinking this year he's got a better double threat with with, uh, Godwin and Evans. Um, But but the perennial question with Tampa Bay, we've had had good quarterbacks in the past, can we protect them? Um, the, The offensive line really kind of steps up yeah I could see him back around the 4,000 mark maybe maybe above but I would say I'd be happy if he gets 4,000 this year what do you think Phil yeah I, th- I don't think I think he'll get over 4,000 this year um, because but like like Graham says if the offensive line we could have a whole podcast on our offensive line um, um, but uh, I yeah I, I think he'll have 4,000 yards this year I think we have, but I don't think the big long passes I think you'll see the short dump off passes and it's going to be interesting how Howard goes on this year as well yeah if he could catch a football the way he caught a baseball if you remember <laughs> that game we'd, we'd be laughing yeah Alex yeah. who do you think what do you think for yards yeah I think he's gonna I think he'll certainly get um 4,000 like like the rest of us believe he will um I think 5,000 would be a bit of a push for him, uh, but certainly I can see him getting 4,000. With who we've got in terms of his weapons, uh, the list is endless. The amount of weapons we've got, I think Brady can easily do it. Yeah, do you know we've not even spoken about the real threat at the backfield? I think I think a lot of a lot of uh, you know coverage on the wide receivers is going to release the guys out of the backfield too. I think I think there's incredible potential there. Well, no, I, no, actually, my 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 pick for most TDs, Rojo. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Kieran, because uh, I think last year, um, I think, uh, was it um, White, the um, running back for New England, uh, Brady relied on him so heavily uh, as a receiving, uh, you know, running, a running back who is, is good at a receiver. So I think Rojo is also a very good shout there. And not since, not, not since Warwick Dunn have we really had a receiving back out of the backfield. Yeah. Anyway, think- we asked our members and our members... Um, we're, we're delightful to chip in and uh, we asked them their opinion on what they thought for Renzo's questions and uh, hopefully with the magic of technology so uh, Guy Mills he, plain and simple, two words Mike Evans uh, I think Tom will be between 4 and 5k should be a scary looking offence that times with what we were saying yeah that sums it up there yep. and Mariana, uh, tough one I'm going to go to Mike Evans for the most TDs that is but I think it might be more shared out than previous years between eight to ten touchdowns for Evans and Godwin, six to eight for Gronk and the break. And just doing some basic math, um, if you know, if you say that's two lots of ten and two lots of eight, well, that's thirty-six <laughs> touchdowns just to the receivers. So uh, I think there's some some fairly bold predictions going on there. But you know <laughs> yeah. what? I like it. Yeah, yeah. A bit, of a, bit, of a, bit of a Pete Payne thing going on there. <laughs> really, right? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, so on to our main part of the episode. We're going to talk about rivalries, and where else better to start than the NFC South? Uh, the people we have to play home and away, year in, year out, the ones we know the best. Um, Graham, so, you know, looking through our, our, our division opponents, kind of who's the one that 
gets you riled up? I think they all do. Um, they always have done from back in the old NFC uh, kind of central days when it was Chicago and Green Bay, and you know you really you really hated hated these guys because they the filled our stadium. Yeah, absolutely, and their fans filled our stadium. It was it was awful, um, but 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 really quickly developed. Uh, strong rivalries with all the, the teams in the NFC South. I, I, I think it's probably been one of the toughest divisions over the last 10 years. Uh, I think all three of our rivals in the division have all been to the Super Bowl in that time. We're the only one that hasn't within the, the, the new setup. Um, so it's been a very tough division. I, I, I like to think that Carolina, since, since Cam Newton came in, I think that's probably the one I've tended to really want to beat every year. Um, but I enjoy the games, particularly with New Orleans. Um, I think over the years we've had a few right good shootouts with them that have been really enjoyable, both in New Orleans and in, in Raymond James. So, I've, you know, I, I, I like the division. I love the division. It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to get out of. And if you had got, to pick you know, one, who's, who's the one you look forward to most? I like playing Carolina, which is why I was really looking forward to the game at, uh, at Tottenham Hotspur last season up until the first play. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, it didn't get much better from that if you did. If you did it right it started point. badly and went downhill very quickly, yeah. <laughs> Phil, as our more tenured member, you've, you've uh, had your fair share of divisional clashes you've witnessed over the years. What do you reckon? I, I think, I was talking earlier on about this, and I think that um, our biggest rivals this year is going to be the Falcons. I really do. They, they've, they've strengthened the defence, which is pretty good anyway. And um, they've also they've got an unknown quantity in Gurley, as in we don't know they don't know how injured he's going to be. But so I think I think the Falcons are going to be a big threat this year. Julio Julio Jones fit. You've got the Ridley Calvin Ridley on the other side, and they've also got this guy from is it Ravens or Hayden Hurst tight end, very very good player. So they've strengthened quite a lot in all areas, and I just think that they're going to. They're going to cause, and the other reason is as well is that um, the, the other two are a bit on the slide. I think the other two are on the slide because the best NFL news I've heard this year is that Luke Kuechly is going to retire. You know, and uh, <laughs> he's he's been a thorn in our side for yeah. too many years. That man, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, so I think the other two are on a bit of a rebuild now. So I think it's going to be the Falcons this year for us. Okay, so Alex, Phil says Falcons. Do you agree with that? Originally, I didn't, and then me and Phil were having a chat before we we were recording, and because um, originally I thought I said the Saints, uh, I thought I think it was going to be between us and and them for the division, um, and then Bill reminded me about the uh, improvements that Atlanta have made on the offensive side. They're going, I think they're going to be a much bigger threat offensively this year than they were last year. Um, if you look at their defense, they've took a they they used the draft to focus on their defense. They've still got some good players in there. Yes, they've uh, they've lost uh, Luke Keechley, but that that doesn't make them any any less of a defense, as far as I'm concerned. And of course, they've got uh, um, you know, like Phil says, although he's an unknown uh, unknown quantity, they have got Todd Gurley, who if you look at his record with the Rams, he was phenomenal. If he brings that over to the NFC South, it's going to make things really difficult. So it's interesting, actually, that none of you have really picked up on the Saints. You know, I kind of, I think when we had the uh, the, the, the schedule look ahead, I think it was the game that we sort of were most anticipating. You know, that week one straight out the gate. So Phil, why you know, are the Saints not? You know, we seem to always play them; it's always close. Yeah, the thing is, thinking about the Saints, I think this one was all. Well, I'm excited. For, well, uh, 
for this game for another reason though it's, it's, Bra- it's Breeze versus Brady you know and that's one of the main reasons and they've got a backup quarterback who's, who I can't remember his name and um, but um, the um, yeah I think that's 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 the big thing about that game and really that 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 game is um, a tester of how far we think they've come, the Buccaneers. Just everybody's saying we're going to do this, we're going to do that. That game will tell us a lot. Well, do you know what? I think it will and I think it won't because Drew Brees is in the same playbook for the last 57 years uh, and, and Tom Brady's got a new one. So if we win that week one, we're going to the Super Bowl. And if we lose week one, then everyone's getting fired. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> I mean, you know, one thing just to say about the Saints, though, is that they still have, uh, you know, the weapons they've got in terms of offense is still extremely scary. Uh, they've got Michael Thomas, of course, who is, you know, he's, he, I'm not going to say he's better than Brady. I'm not going to say that. I've, I've had a load of Saint, uh, Saints fans on Twitter tweeting about that. I'm not going to go around there at all. But they've, um, is it, uh, is their tight end? Is it Cook? Is that their tight end? Uh, whatever his name is, he's phenomenal. Then they've got Alvin Kamara out the backfield as well. Breeze hasn't lost a step. He's still a very good, good quarterback. So you certainly can't rule the Saints out. They're definitely going to be up there. But uh, I think for rivalries for me with the Saints, it's their fans. They're just used mm. to winning. You know, I think, you know, just that, I just want to shut them all up. Again, in Raymond James, you just kind of, when I, when I was there a couple of years ago and Godwin caught that winner in the corner of the end zone with like three seconds left on the clock, there were just a whole bucket load of Saints fans behind me that just, you know, threw their beer on the floor and sulked off. And that made my day more than winning. You know, do you know something? One of the biggest mistakes the Saints have made and is letting Mark Ingham go to, to Baltimore. That guy was a workhorse. Mm. He was there. He was there. Mike Allstott. He was. He was the one that carried the load. And they. They were. Kamara was nowhere near as effective as uh, last season as he was the season before. And I. I think that's one of them. They made a big mistake letting him go. Big yeah. mistake. Anyway, again, we asked our fans, our members, what they thought about all of this, and uh, they had some very strong opinions. You'll be unsurprised to hear. Steve Gargett, I dislike Carolina intensely. Always like Steve. Always like Steve. (laughs) And always see our divisional games as a grudge match. This predates Cam. And maybe because the first time I saw the Bucks lose a game in person was against the Panthers. And then he said something about cheerleaders, which we can't really publish. Um, uh, The judge, he's a very good judge of character. Until recently, he would have said the Panthers. Doesn't everyone hate them? But two QB moves change the narrative here now. Newton is gone, so we don't have to put up with his antics or dress sense now. Jameis is going to the Saints. Means for me that they become our greatest divisional rival. So exactly what you guys were saying as well. Uh, and then Tom said, for me, it's currently the Saints. I think they've been the most consistent and been looked upon by many as the strongest side in our division for a number of years. I definitely feel most pleased with a victory against them. So I think there's a there's definitely consensus there. We all hate everyone else in the NFC South, um, and we will pick apart the rest of the NFL shortly. Uh, but before we do that, um, well, first of all, we have to say thank you to Bucks Report, who we have now teamed up with, and they are being very kind. They they distribute um, and promote a lot of Bucks uh, podcasts. So they've decided to bring us on board, and we're really delighted to be part of that. So thank you to Bucks Report. And also, Phil, do you want to tell us a little bit about the competition we've got this year? 
Yes, um, well, our big competition always has been is the ultimate competition. And uh, this year, very excited to say what the, what the prize is this year. Did a lot of research into this, and there it is. It was the it was the game ball that was presented to our cornerback Brian Kelly after the after their 34-10 win in uh, at, uh, at the Book Stadium. Um, the and you've all seen the videos where you know the coaches in there. And the game ball goes to, well, John Gruden presented one to the whole of the defence. And this is Brian Kelly's. And uh, Brian Kelly, a bit of an unsung hero, really, isn't he? I mean, he, he played for us for, for like uh, nine years, 22 interceptions. And I was when I got the chance to get hold of one of these, I was a lot of research. And this is the prize in our ultimate uh, competition. And I'm right in thinking, this isn't something you can buy. There's only one of these. Oh, no, there's only one, there's only one game ball presented to Brian Kelly for that game. That's it. But, he, what, how it happened was uh, when some players finish their careers, they don't really take bothered about mementos and things like that. And he basically had a sale and it all, the money went to charity and he sold a number of these game balls off and this is one of them. So the ultimate prediction competition, you have to um, pick at the beginning of the season how many games you think we're going to win, how many tackles you think the D's going to get, how many yards uh, our QB's going to throw for. We used to have uh, attendance and how many people would uh, turn up and watch the Bucks. Probably not going to do that one this year. <laughs> That'll be an easy one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be a low number, sadly. Um, so we'll come up with something different to that. We'll probably do something like points scored. Um, and so yeah, so that will be that competition is going live on the forum for the members uh, in the next 48 hours. So if you're not a member, if you're in the UK and you like the Bucks, why on earth not? But go to our website www.bucksuk.org, click on join and get yourself signed up. Then head over to the forum and sign up for that as well, and then you can join the competition. Uh, it runs all season long, and then there's a, a cracking mini helmet there from different angles. Phil, what's that one about? Well, we we have two competitions, don't we? The losers and the winners competition, where uh, they eliminated. So, what we've decided to do this year is um, we've got we've got two mini helmets as prizes. One is signed by a number of players. Uh, I know Shelton Qualls signed it. William Goldson, because he's signed everything. Great, uh, Cameron Bray, uh, Matt Gay, and things like that. And the other one for the losers one is the one signed by Simeon Rice in the before the Carolina game next year. So we've, we've, we've got all that coming up. And we've also got other few surprises as well. Um, uh, we've got uh, the weekly competitions, which will be a Books UK t-shirt, which we obviously haven't put on sale yet because we want for the competition. Go on, Alex, show us yours again. As <laughs> modelled by there Alex go. here, there we go. Uh, so there's, and we've also got a very, very snazzy mug, which uh, the three of us have been involved in designing. And so, yes, the, we're going to have some really nice prizes this year. So, yeah, so just to be clear, so that's, that's the, the ultimate competition runs all season long. That signed helmet, there'll be another signed helmet. So that'll be run for half the, comp, half the season each. And the weekly competitions are the T-shirts, the mugs, uh, and other bits and pieces as well. Yeah. So I, that's, at least, uh, that's not, at least 19 prizes, 20 prizes. Yeah. And we'll be running fantasy football leagues, which will also have prizes as well. And so what, this is Prize City, and you need to get a part of this, guys. 
I mean, the other I thing we're going to do myself. this year. <laughs> the other thing we're going to do this year is that we're going to have a trophy for the fantasy league. Um, so we're going to have one winner, uh, one winner, and uh, we're going to have a, make sure we have a trophy for them to keep as well, not to send back because yep. we never get them back. So again, <laughs> if you've not been part of that before, what we do is we usually use Yahoo Football and we set up a number of leagues, uh, all of which are then there's not like a Premier League or if we, we call them like Alpha One and Premier or whatever. They're all the same, uh, and they, each of those has a has a winner of that league and get, they get a sort of small prize. But as Phil's saying, if you want to be in with the trophy, um, that will be the the winner of the final of finals uh, across all of the leagues uh, for the ultimate bragging rights. Plus we'll also find something pretty damn tasty to go with it as well so you know. Absolutely so yep got to be in it to win it and as if that wasn't enough we also have another offer um, we, we've teamed up with um, a chap called Michael and he runs a online uh, merch shop uh, called Custom Bucks Designs uh, you can see he's uh, got some really good stuff there. I, I'm modelling uh, some really uh, funky stuff that he was kind enough to send me. And uh, because he loves us and he, he thought it was brilliant that we have a UK fan club, he's got a 10% discount running uh, for about just over a week. If you go into the checkout and add Bucks UK as your code, you get 10% off on his designs. As you can see, there's lots of different pirate themed stuff, um, even down to socks and masks and, uh, and all the other bits and pieces. So thank you, Michael. Uh, for offering that for us um, and now we will hear a little bit from one of our members so again we asked members to send in videos uh, now we've got Steve you heard Steve earlier Steve Gardner say a few things and uh, now he's going to talk a little bit about um, how he enjoyed joining the club and what he likes about the club and then after that we've got a little uh, a little short ditty um, uh, sort of promoting the club and if you're a Star Wars uh, fan then uh, we think you'll like it hi my name is Steve Gargard. I uh, live in County Durham in the northeast of England. I've followed American football since the mid 1980s. I've been a Bucks supporter for over 30 years and a member of the Bucks UK for over 20 years. I've uh, been fortunate enough to see the Bucks play in Tampa five or six times. Also seen them play in Gillette Stadium, Giant Stadium. On all occasions, uh, tickets received through the Bucks UK who have a tremendous relationship with the front office at One Buck. Bucks UK have gone from strength to strength over the last four or five years. A uh, number of members increased significantly. We try and get together once, twice a year, but unfortunately not going to happen this year due to the Covid situation. Uh, but we will be keeping in touch through the message board, which spring to life on game day. Normally six o'clock Sunday evening, but of course this year with late games, eight, uh, nine thirty, and prime time one thirty Monday morning, uh, it's going to be slightly different. Uh, if you are a book supporter, live in the UK, join the Books UK. It'll be the best few pounds you spend this year. Cheers. <laughs>
So we hope you enjoyed that and we're hoping to have something similar to that each week for you uh, just to get a bit of interest. Um, and we're also going to hear from another member, uh, Ian Costain, at the end of the show. So hang around for that as well. However, the second half of the show then. So we've talked about the NFC South um, and now it's on to the rest of the NFL uh, to see kind of who, uh, who we think we hate the most there, really. Who are our fiercest rivals across the rest of the NFL? Um, Alex, maybe if we start with you. Uh, who do you think is your non-divisional rival? I think the Philadelphia Eagles have got to be up there uh, for quite obvious reasons. If we go back to uh, our Super Bowl winning season and the season before that, we met them in the playoffs. Uh, if I remember correctly, the first year they uh, they knocked us out of the playoffs and then the, we, the season we won the Super Bowl, we knocked them out of the uh, the playoffs. So there's certainly some rivalry that comes from that one. Um, but I, I do think, I must say, I think uh, it's more the Eagles that are a bit um, salty about that than we are because I don't think we really discuss the Eagles as rivals, as, as Bucks fans in general. But Eagles fans seem to like to mention it quite a bit. Certainly on Twitter, I seem to see a lot of it... Uh, you know, a lot of them saying about the Bucks on Twitter. So maybe they're still feeling a little bit raw about that one. But yeah, definitely, I think uh, Eagles have got to be up there. People agree with the Eagles? Yep, definitely. Yeah, I think I think they beat us two years in a row in the playoffs mm. before we actually. Oh, did two. Oh, did two. Yeah, yeah. Hammers the, you, you, two yeah, you, you can tell yeah. I'm still a fairly new Bucks fan, can't you? I've got some, I've got <laughs> I've got a little bit of that, right? We did yeah. just knock them out of the playoffs. We knocked them out of their stadium at the end. Yes, I was last say, game in the, the vet. Oh yeah, so of course we did. Yes, of course we did. Yeah. I think there's a what what the really rattles the Eagle fans is didn't we the weren't we the team with the last game in Vet Stadium yeah and then that, we beat right. yeah. then we beat them in the first game in their Correct. new stadium yes. yeah so yep. yes brilliant I like that choice it's going to be hard to top that one already Phil who have you got as your first selection well mine's more of a personal thing and mine's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, one of the first games I went to uh, when I started following the box was Dallas in Tampa. And we lost with, and, you know, you're there tailgating before the game. And I've never seen a more arrogant bunch of fans in my life than this lot. And it sort of stuck with me all the way through. And to make matters worse is we were playing eight. It was the days of eight men and Irving and Smith and all those. They beat us with the last throw of the game. So to me, they really are, you know, sort of. Um, they we don't are play of them that often, team. though, do we? It's not very nah. often we play them. No, very rarely. But it's just, they just, I just wrangled with me ever since. I think, I think you know, not that you be a not that you be a grudge or anything, Phil. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, yes. <laughs> yeah. you know, the reason I hate the Cowboys is because they always get a Thanksgiving game. <laughs> I, I, you know, I hate Detroit for the same reason. It's just not fair. I want to see the Bucks play on Thanksgiving. It's not and fair. Was, and, this, and this title, America's Team, as well. That thing that mm. really rankles with me as well. You know, sort of yeah, self, self, self opinion uh, pointed America's yep. Team. Uh, okay, so I said out, it was going to be hard to beat, but I think we've already surpassed it. Same division, though. Interestingly, I'm I'm kind of going old school again, and I'm back to the Green Bay Packers. Um, my first game, first NFL game was was in the old, the big sombrero against the Packers. There was about fifty thousand crowd there, um, and more than half of them were Green Bay Packers fans. So, like like Phil, bad experience with the fans. Fortunately, in, in that game, the Buccaneers won thirty-one-three, and um, 
but the beer was flying, the punches were flying. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but since that day, I've, I've, I've just detested them. I think the rivalry grew as we, we became a better team through the, the Tony Dungy era. And thinking back to the, the great Warren Sapp and Brett Favre rivalry over those years, uh, just really cemented it for me. It's, I think it's been a fantastic rivalry. And they're, they're, that's the one game that I, I always want us to win. That's, that's, a, that's a must. They were the ultimate competitors, both of them. And they, you oh, know, absolutely, they just yeah. Going. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And it's one of those things, it was the jinx. Again, I started supporting the Bucks in 89, so I had plenty of NFC uh, Central years. Yeah. And I just remember every yeah, pre-game of every show, Bucks at Green Bay would be opening shot, temperature gauge with yeah. caption, Bucks never win when it's a bit chilly. <laughs> and, yeah. and I just, yeah. you know, it just drove me crazy again. Yeah. And, the, and going back to the Eagles, that was another thing we got off our backs against the Eagles, wasn't it? But yeah. if that was the first game we won to get rid of the uh, temperature thing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like the kicking curse. We've overcome the uh, temperature curse. <laughs> it happens eventually. Yeah. Oh, it's a good choice. Good choice, Graham. I like that one. Alex, who have you got as your second selection? Well, I, I'm, I've been a bit naughty with this second selection because it's, it's more two teams, really. It's, uh, it's, it, I hope I can get away with that. Um, so it's Miami and Jacksonville, but that's because of, uh, you know, you've got to have sort of a state rivalry, I'd say, really, you know, who, who's, who's sort of the boss of Florida, if you like, you know. So I always like it when we play Miami and Jacksonville. Obviously, it's not often, um, but when we do, it's always nice just to think, oh, yeah, you know, we, we want to be the, the guys who are, uh, the best in the uh, in, in Florida. But Alex, then, if you had to pick, you know, Miami or Jacksonville, who's the one that's the best rival? Do you think? I'll make this one personal then. I'll go Miami, um, just because when I first started following the NFL, I, I, I picked a team to follow, and I wasn't uh, aware of the Bucks. Uh, it, it was 2010 that I started actually following the NFL, and I thought, oh, Florida, I like that state. Oh, there's Miami, and I, and I like Dolphins as well, so I just went for Miami. Um, and then, obviously, you know, changing over to Tampa now, so, uh, you know, I just uh, uh, don't like Miami anymore. So uh, I'll choose Miami Dolphins purely based on that. But that's that's all I've got for you on that one. And Phil, who's your, your Florida hatred strongest for? Do you know, it's a strange one. This is the, it's the Ravens. I'm, I'm a, I love history of the NFL and all that. And I, I never sort of got on with the fact is that one minute the Cleveland Browns, the next minute the Baltimore Ravens. And so I've always sort of had a bit of a dislike for them, but which is actually... Uh, made even worse was when I attended Super Bowl 35 and I had to sit next to this Ravens fan who had a raven on his head, one on each shoulder and was blind drunk and was basically headbutting me every five minutes with this damn raven. I thought, <laughs> you know, if everybody wanted to actually just cement this, this, this absolute pure hatred of a team, you've managed to do it in one, within, within three hours of a game. Dear me, it was dreadful. I was on the very, very back row of the stand. I just felt, I just wish he just, uh, I thought once he was going to, he was going to fall over backwards. And I think I would have helped him as well. <laughs> My second yeah. choice is going to be Chicago. I'm staying in the old black and blue Ooh. division. I again, grew up with those watching and listening to those rivalries on the on the internet and then on the radio uh, back in the day. Um, and again, so many the, what was it the snow geese they call them the, the the Chicago natives who lived in the Tampa area. And as soon as the tickets went on sale. But 40,000 people from Chicago would be buying tickets for our stadium. And I, I you hate watching a game when, you, when you're being 
outshouted and outsupported by away fans. Um, so I really developed uh, a dislike of Chicago, Kevin Butler and all these guys, you know, just, just nah. still enjoy playing them and, and giving them a good beating. Never very many high scoring games, usually pretty, pretty tight, low scoring affairs, with proper black and blue stuff. I find it really hard to hate Chicago. Oh, uh, no, just because man, the amount no. of money they gave Mike Glennon, I kind of I, they just deserve all the sympathy. More, more pity than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Phil? Yeah, after I met, one of, one of my very close ones was also Chicago, and that was cemented by the fact is that that's the last time I saw the Buccaneers play was in Chicago a couple of years ago when, well, I saw Chicago play the Buccaneers didn't bother. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I, I totally, I've got, yeah, I'm not very far behind you with that one, Graham, after I met it was between Baltimore and Chicago. They really are. But yes, you are right. About the sn- snowbirds, they are. Snowbirds. Snowbirds. That's yeah. right. So again, we asked our members what was their view on this. And uh, Dom, I've had to asterisk him out. He felt so strongly about this. 49ers for me. When I first started following the Bucks, uh, the only shirts you could buy in England were 49ers, Giants and Raiders. And that was true. And they didn't even have real players on them either. Uh, and everyone around Derbyshire seemed to wear a 49ers one. And he's a postman, so he probably delivered them to them. Uh, and they won every week, uh, says Dom. So I think, yeah, so kind of a, a harking back to where it was when you first started supporting. Uh, and then we also have Andy Harwood. Uh, a bit like you, Alex, I look forward to the Floridian rivalries, playing the Jags and the Dolphins. Nothing better than getting one over on your local franchises for Florida bragging rights. You know, and without stating the obvious, 50 American states, 32 NFL teams, Florida gets three. We are being a little bit greedy there. It's, it's definitely uh, the case. Uh, and then Jake, uh, yeah, he, he says he agrees with us. Has to be the Eagles, given the drama it produced. NFC Champion game, the greatest game in Bucks history. And we also clinched our first ever playoffs win against them in 1979. So, uh, top bit of trivia. And then uh, David Cambridge, who's on holiday. We miss you, David. Hope you're having a lovely time in the Isle of Wight. Um, has to be the Bears. So, he agrees with you, Graham. Uh, they were the team to beat when I started watching the NFL with the fridge, etc. Having been there, I love Soldier Field in the city. Purely about football, the Eagles, we got to close down Veterans Stadium. So I think there's a, actually, it's probably more consensus on the rest of the NFL than there is in our division. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people with a lot of years watching American football and uh, a lot of opinions, I think, there. Mm. Oh, I, think, I think the uh, division one's interesting, football. though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's, it's for different reasons. You know, I, yeah. in terms of our division, I, my hatred is for the Falcons because it was the first game I saw the Bucks play at the Ray J and we lost 24-23. Uh, Josh Freeman, was, it was 2012. Josh Freeman was quarterback. Matt Ryan was quarterback. Another reason why I don't like Matt Ryan. Um, so it, it, I think it depends on your uh, experience of when you, you know, when you see the Bucks play and, and that sort of thing. So we're all going to have different answers on the division on that basis. I think I think the divisional rivalry is the interesting one because you've basically got four teams in one division and we're all surmising they're going to go a certain way but Carolina have got Bridgewater there on the rebuild is Breeze going to turn up for another year we're going to be as good because Pete Payne keeps and for a while it, it, it was always back to front wasn't it whoever went bottom went top the next year mm-hmm. yeah. the Saints have bucked that trend for a few years but I kind of liked that about our division 
It's certainly yeah. close. I think it's certainly one of the closest. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting shout with our division. Yeah, it's always has been competitive, but this year is going to be a real interesting year. And best of all, it's a divisional game right out the bat, week one, as we've said, the Saints. And our next episode will be previewing that game. We are going to pour over all of the uh, permutations uh, and work out what the Bucks UK thinks is going to happen. So please do join us for that. And we're hoping also to to have a guest uh, on board with the show as well. So if that comes off, then it'll be a bumper episode to watch, Uh, which just leaves me to thank... Alex, Phil, and Graham. Uh, thank you all very much for, for joining the show. You've been brilliant. Thank you. And thank you, of course, for you guys uh, watching, listening, whether you're on YouTube, where we've had over a thousand views now on our episodes to date. I mean, that just set my eyeball spinning. And even on Spotify and uh, Apple and all that sort of stuff, it's, uh, it's all going really well. So we, we, don't, we don't take it lightly. We appreciate you uh, giving us 45 minutes of your attention. Uh, it's very much appreciated. But we, make, we want to feature what you want us to talk about. So um, if you think you've got some views about what's going to happen in the Saints game, then do send us a, a video. You can mail that video to mail at bucksuk.org or you can WhatsApp it to 07311 212713. Hopefully the magic will make that appear down there uh, at some point. And, you know, on the forum, give us some feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Uh, tell us what you think is going to happen against the Saints. Once we get into the season, these episodes are going to come a bit more thick and fast. Uh, so we'll be uh, reviewing what happened in the last week's game and previewing what happens in the, what we think is going to happen in the upcoming game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we want your support. We want your views. Uh, it's not just us waffling on. So thank you all very much. And we look forward to seeing you soon for episode six. Bye. Hi, I'm Ian, Ian Costain, um, big fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, when the NFL first came on the TV in the 1980s, I was pretty dismissive of it, really. All these shoulder pads and everything and helmets, what was that all about? But in 1989, I was on holiday in Florida with my dad, and we thought, let's go to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. We were at home to a team called the... Chicago Bears. So in 1989, that was my first game. 11 touchdowns later and a 42-35 win for the Buccaneers and I was hooked. Um, And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was definitely the team for me because I'm a lifelong Blackpool fan and one, they're by the sea. Two, creamsicle tangerine, similar colour. Three, both generally pretty s***. Anyway, on the forum, I'm Seasider UK. And I've been a member of the Books UK since 2003. Um, very lucky that I've been able to get over to Tampa to, uh, to quite a few games. And in 2004, I was able to take my uh, little boy at the time to his first game in Tampa. Um, he's now 21. So I'm a Bucks fan and a Blackpool fan. So I've clearly got a lot to thank my dad for there. Um, In 2006, I was seven years old, and I went to the Buccaneers against the Eagles in Tampa. Um, We're in the end zone with all the Bucks UK lot, and it finished with a 62-yard winning field goal um, as time expired from Matt Bryant, which I actually do remember. And the whole place just went mental. And that was the first of many memories with guys from the Bucks UK. Okay, so I've been a member of the Bucks UK for, goodness me, 17 years now. 
and it's really just got better and better and better all along. Made some great friendships uh, over the years and the club, as I say, has gone from strength to strength thanks to the great efforts of Kieran and Phil and David, who not only put a lot of time and effort into making the club what it is, uh, but also show great leadership as well. As other people have said, being Bucks fans is, is about group therapy and I've been lucky that I've been over, able to go over to Tampa to, uh, to see the Bucks on quite a few occasions. And as those of us that have gone over from the Bucks UK know, the group therapy are the beers afterwards. And Selman's, Selman's Bar in Tampa was our favourite place to go after the games. Uh, sadly, it closed down uh, two years ago, um, but lots of great, uh, great memories. Uh. And in fact, when it closed down, my wife saw that they were selling off some of the pictures from the walls of Selman. So I actually am the kind of proud owner of a picture that was up in Selman's Bar in Tampa. And as I say, it's a great memento, brings back so many uh, happy memories. But now we must look to the future. We've got a 43-year-old quarterback. We've got Rob Gronkowski, who's hardly played in two years. So, hey, what could possibly go wrong? Go Bucks!